Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. It's James. And it's Drew. We're here with Philip Kim. Uh, we're back for another episode of Graphic Support Group. And uh, Phil is joining us from L.A. Uh, Phil is a designer with many talents. He, We've been attracted to his intense typography and bold style. He's been involved in projects both large and small across two continents. He recently relocated to Los Angeles, but he hails from South Korea and spent some time in New York. Uh, we wanted to talk about his international journeys and the trials and tribulations that moves such moves come with. Uh, so we're happy to have him on the pod today. Thanks for coming on, Phil. Thanks for having me, you guys. Uh, yeah. I'm Philip, uh, designer based in LA, um, but I go back and forth a lot between Korea and um, state. Um, yeah. Nice, 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 <laughs> nice. Have you we guys? Like you guys have never met before, though, right? Yeah, no. I've never met before. Yeah, <laughs> but you did but an I'm... interview or something. Well, we did. I I helped like direct this um, web magazine called Beatitude, and so we mm-hmm. did an interview with him, highlighting one of his projects he did for Nike. I got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for um, the Nike and IC project. Yeah. So actually, that project. Did you do independently or was that through an agency? Um, independently. So one of the director from Nike and IC reached out me through the Instagram, um, Blair, mm-hmm. amazing directors. Mm-hmm. And I really love her. Um, and she just uh, reached out me through the Instagram and we had uh, like some chat regarding the Nikes and some of like upcoming events for the mm-hmm. um, House of Innovations. Mm-hmm. And... You know, like a Nike is kind of like, like everyone's every designer wants to work for the Nikes, and everyone has like some curiosities um, regarding right. their process. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I was happily um, like say yes, and the process was amazing. Like the working with um, Nike and IC team is like um, like most like fun like process. It has like a most fun process and like right. I had a lot of fun. Even like the timeline is really tough. It was super mm-hmm. crazy. Like a lot of works um, should be done in like very short amount of time. But um, the communication was so perfect and I was like, there was no ambiguity. Like, right. you know, like while you're working with the, especially the corporate company, like there are lots of ambiguity on a process and it right. takes a lot of time wasting time but right. um, working with the nike and ic team like there were no absolutely um ambiguities and they just support me so well like so much right. yeah like like that like almost kind of makes me guilty <laughs> and i was like <laughs> always trying to bring on more like um, more evil versions of the sketches. Even they say yes, they even though they liked it, and it mm-hmm. was a really fun project. And not just about like outcome, but like 
the process was is really memorable. And nice. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. So that was in the New York Nike. Yeah, like even the new like there are many teams in the Nike mm-hmm. office, and like I was working with the like brand. I forgot the like exact name, but it was kind of like a brand experience Nike. Ah, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, I, yeah, I, we were yeah. really curious about that. Um, yeah, it's pretty. We were wild. actually pretty <laughs> curious, actually. Um, what we noticed looking through your works is that like you kind of treat big clients the same level as your small clients, and we're just like yeah. curious about that attitude, mm-hmm. just like. Not all designers do that, or can also, as you were saying about process, like carry the same attitude towards those big client, big clients as they do for the young, the smaller clients. Yeah, like I think, like you know, like a macro lens process, pretty same, either to the um, small client or bigger clients. Like I think it's because I'm still in, you know, like a growing as a designers and as a like you know, one of the part of the communities. And I really, um, it could be the, like, a cons of my attitude, but I really don't look up the, like, you know, budget. <laughs> right now, like, I just focusing on, like, you know, like, how I can make, like, a solid methodologies and, method, like, ideologies. And through the project, I'm just trying to develop myself. And I want to, like, um, the showcase the, like, how the graphic can be expanded to the old people, you know, like um, what I'm saying for the old people, like I think it's a different um, perspective um, because like a lot of designer, when they say old people, they kind of mention like, including the, they kind of like um, focusing on the like non-graphic designer. But for me, I feel like the, everyone's, are has like creativities and i mm-hmm. like i think everyone's are like a designer like outcome is different but all of the process and thinking is um same for me like mm. so like i really don't try to make it you know too too easy right not sure it, it is the right way to say but you know like sometimes just um, people saying, you know, like a non-graphic designer, they don't understand typography. They don't understand like uh, blah, blah, blah. So let's just make, you know, like make it quick and make it beautiful, make it colorful. But right. um, I think that's that's a bullshit yeah. <laughs> uh, for me. And, and I have the time to feel guilty regarding, you know, make some bullshit work to the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it influenced people, you know, so like, mm-hmm. like, I'm tr- like every project I'm trying to make it very rational and kind of pursue the people and trying to make my work um, to be a tool or platform for the people that have their needs mm-hmm. and propose. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause it's like, you're looking at visual communication just as like a very democratic tool. Like yeah, everyone can understand visual communication no matter how sophisticated it is, and mm-hmm. I think that's a very like equal approach because I think there is a tendency in design to like dumb things down so that you know the quote unquote layman's can understand. But I think you're trying to, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're trying to like bring the same level of challenge to everyone. Yeah, to kind of 
increase that visual literacy. Mm -hmm. that, that's very cool. I feel like it's kind of like same as a, like a fine art, you know, like a, the painter, they really don't try to make their work, um, you know, in an easy way. Like they right. just express their message in a right way. And sometimes the method could be the difficult and sometimes it could be easy to understand. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I'm just trying to very focusing on the like essence of the graphic designs, which is the communications and which is the delivery, deliver the right, um, the message, you know, right um, methodologies. So how do you, you know, with a client like Nike or any of these clients, how do you, you know, communicate what you're going for in a way that they understand and that they can kind of like be excited about? Because, I mean, obviously your style is very unique and sort of signature, I feel. Um, so maybe you kind of don't have to deal with it as much because if they're hiring you, they kind of want that specific style. Um, but obviously you said you had had to work in the past in what, what you refer to as bullshit uh, yeah. style. So like how 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 did you find out how to unlock that like way of working where you could kind of express yourself and sort of be true to your your own inklings and intuitions without kind of disrupting the their me message so like um you know like before i jump into making of key visual or identity systems like i have like three steps like three meetings kind of like workshop like through where the ideologies and methodologies every project um before i jump into making a visual stuff um i made ideologies which is what is the the like you know the core message and the core value of the like project and then based on that i like keep digging on some and to make the uh, methodologies methodologies has a like a different way you know like the i think the most easiest um the most most convenient the methodology is to like bring the metaphorized you know and sometimes like i made the formulas um for the methodologies like like a, just a mess like every project has a different methodologies and i pursue them the reason that i bring that methodology is um based on that methodologies the brand has their own unique voice and unique treatments and so that it's pretty rational like like after i do workshop everyone's kind of all aligned they or uh, like or agreed and they totally understand and even the workshop like it it's kind of makes like everyone that involved in the project they make them to love this project more it, it's kind of like a process to engage them like yeah like so i really appreciate that kind of process and i even more like um that process than um making a like you know like a key visual stuff hmm. yeah yeah can you talk about that because i i that's one thing i've been sort of thinking about a lot lately is like you know how much of a design project is in how you sort of i hate the way people refer to it as client education but like 
there's mm-hmm. that way of phrasing it, but also just like collaboration with the client in a real way where it's not like here you hired me, I'm the expert, let me do my solution to your issue, but rather like let's get together and like have some fun and like get somewhere unexpected and interesting. It sounds like that's kind of like what you're Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes like like definitely there should be like a sum of sort of like a strategy to you know convince them like for instance when i um when i work as um uh, work at the sunday school as a creative director and the first project was like a, when i get in a sunday school there were no like a systems no key visuals so my first task was uh, making a like a solid um the identity systems for that brand and they really don't have the design background. They are or like they all has like really great um, marketing background, consultancy background. So the way I um, talked to them was like I just gave them some book. And for that brand, uh, I want to bring the Renaissance. And like I like we had a lot of chat regarding the renaissance what was what was the renaissance for and how the the historical like events renaissance uh, influence our life and how it does it change and then how it can be like let's like how we can imagine um the brand this brand being a renaissance in these days like mm-hmm. like it's not just kind of educating them but it's more like a just talking with them and kind of like drip them you know like a storytelling you know right mm-hmm but right, do you ever right. find that there's like do you get pushback on that way of working? Yeah, or are some people yeah a lot of times some people like <laughs> are some people just like well I didn't hire you to like tell yeah me insult me yeah something. tell me what tell me what you, what I am about. <laughs> but that's I mean that's the better way. I don't know. Yeah, it does seem like it's more engaging and fun and collaborative mm-hmm. in that way, and then you can kind of get somewhere that everyone's excited uh-huh. by because they are they feel like they were part of uh-huh. the process in a, in a way right. that's like unique like right th- it couldn't have happened if they weren't there and it couldn't have happened if you mm-hmm. weren't there like it couldn't nothing could could have ever been replicated right right like, yeah that's sort right. of what you're i think like um in the past like there were lots of no mm. so like <laughs> I, I i had to find the um the between point, like my like my thinkings and their needs, mm-hmm. and like I think in these days they uh, most of the clients they already like my works and there are already like a trust when they find me finding me. So like it's like in this day I have a, like more like a solid more um, the comfortable process with them. But back in the day, um, like I was trying to keep fighting, like, uh, like, you know, like, and it, it really makes me tired. And sometimes, you know, like, I feel like all of designers agree, like, it's kind of push me back as a designer. And sometimes it's really shoot me down, you know, like right. me trying to evolve for the society and, like as a designer, I always want to make a uh, right and good designs. Um, not just looking at the money, but beside the money, like we all trying to make a better work. 
Um, and that's kind of um, lead me to make my own um, design practice semi-flower in Korea. So like, uh, like I even like I work at, um, even I like had a full-time job in New York, like I've always worked after work. Like I just mm-hmm. made um, the poster series and I just like, you know, like keep digging something new. Right. And it like, I noticed that like, you know, like uh, those kind of my personality work kind of engage me and it's kind of um, allow me to not give up as a designer. So, and then like, I thought like maybe I should um, make my own design practice to keep, you know, engage me. And um, I was thinking like those kind of, like there would be like some other designers who has a like same situation as me. So like me and some other friends, we gather together and we um, establish the smile flower in Korea. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean... so smile flower is, is like not your main, is it your main studio or is it kind of like one of the studio practices that you have? Like, can you explain a little bit of the capacities that you work? Yeah, so right now I'm working as a lead designer at Rosewood. I just joined their team. Like uh, okay. they re- recently um, trying to build a branding team. They mm-hmm. used to be a, like a, um, the ad a, adverse um, agency, ad and social agency, and um, they are trying to make um, the branding, you know, like a branding team. So. Um, mm-hmm. And I recently joined their teams and leading the branding teams, um, build up like their whole systems and even like a working process. And so like a roadsuit, working at the roadsuit is my main job right now. And then um, like, and then like Semiflower is my secondary. Like my so wait, secondary studio. What's the studio called that you work at? Rosewood. Rose, Rosewood Creative. Rosewood. Okay, cool. Rosewood. Yeah. 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 Let's see. And they're in LA? Yeah. I think it's pretty new. Like, it's been like... Pretty new, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, nice. and then so and then like smile flower is like your secondary activity, but um, smile flower, how big is the team? Uh, we have uh, two project managers and um, two designers. Okay, cool, cool. So me and, and yeah. the one of the designer just um, joined. Um, um, she's she's working at the Pentagram right now. Oh, cool. Mm. We had a, like, when I was in uh, New York, like, we had a lot of chat regarding, you know, like, the life of designers. And we always chatting, like, like, we want to do, like, something, like, like, we really want to do, we both kind of like that, like, we want to experimental, like, graphic designs and something more meaningful, not just um, touring for the money in in this Mm -hmm. capital societies. Right. Yeah, that's something we talk about a lot, like just alternative modes of work yeah. and stuff. 
but um yeah i mean so it's <laughs> go ahead go ahead i am i am curious about like the financial aspect not that you need to get into too much specifics like you have a full-time job so that's yeah. where most of the money is coming from right like and then yeah definitely your side you can work in these ways mm-hmm. on the side that are uh, i mean obviously you've had clients that are bigger that have probably mm-hmm. paid decently mm-hmm. but would you say like one thing that we struggle with on this podcast a lot is like this sort of utopian idea idea that you could like be you know this kind of designer and make like a decent living without having to like compromise right. any of your own right. kind of sensibilities or anything like that and i'm wondering if you if your goal is to eventually do that and if you mm-hmm. think it's something that's possible or do you think you have to kind of do it on the side as like a financially viable thing? I think for now, like um, I cannot just do the semi flower, um, but I think there are a way and like our team always trying to figure out how we can, um, you know, like, do you know like a more like a utopian like a process just focusing on the experimental things and i i believe there are some studios in europe they're kind of just focusing on their own practice and you know like get monies um don't have a financial issues um Mm -hmm. even like there are only few people doing that but i think there are way because Mm -hmm. um and like you know like the good um for me, I, I, I think like uh, the one of the good thing as a uh, being a like graphic designer is like uh, there are many way to get support in a financial way. Like, uh, you know, like uh, you can do a lot of side jobs. Um, you can do teachings. You can do like, you know, short projects. And there are many ways to, you know, like fill your financial. And like it's mm-hmm. kind of like abstract, you know, like uh, what is the like a standard amount of the the yeah. rational amount of the financial but like i believe like a graphic designer can be rich yeah you know yeah. <laughs> like well there is this sort of like gig economy aspect of graphic design that mm-hmm. i don't think i was privy to until like grad school or like getting mm-hmm. into like the academic side but i uh-huh. think james you've known about it for a long time but it's like yeah you, you sort like... of discover that it's not like a one job career right right and right. if you want to have like a very full sort of fulfilling rich career as a graphic designer it might not be the best to have just one place yeah, where you totally. do everything but it would require a lot of extra time and energy than just having like a day job is a true inexplicable gift from yourself to yourself and to whomever else may engage with it. 
Whether you acknowledge it or not, your process, however messy, chaotic, disciplined, stressful, loose, frenzied, is a source of magic and a glimmer of hope to cling to. Embrace your magic and find peace in its frequency. Slow down and watch the magic happen before your eyes. I, uh, I've been trying to exercise more and I got home and was like, mm-hmm. I can fit in a, a workout. <laughs> so I went on my roof and did some exercise and now I'm, and then I nice like, needed like an extra five minutes <laughs> trying to be healthy. That's a most important thing, I guess. <laughs> uh, and that's a, that's a reason I moved back to the um, LA. Like oh, really? I was like, yeah, mentally and like physically I was so sick. Uh, in New York, while I was in the mm. New York, like mm. like four months ago, you know, like it, then I um, blacked out at the Starbucks. Mm. I just fell down, um, and like like, and then I thought like I I really need to, and I realized that I really need to care of my body, you know. Mm. So that's why, um, and my like a younger sister lives in here, lives in LA. So I wanna get be more closer with my family. So that's how I could get in uh, LA. Got it. Yeah. So LA, you you moved there to be close to family, but also to be like in like more sun and like more have like more space. Or like, what was it about New York that you think made you so like miserable? <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, the, there's a lot of things, I'm sure. Yeah. But mostly, like, uh, families, my younger sisters, and um, friends from Art Center. Uh-huh. Ah, cool. Oh, because you went to school out there. So, like, you know yeah. a lot more people there. It, yeah. Was so, saying... LA is kind of, my like, my home time. When I, when I was in, a, like, Art Center, I really hate the Art, like, being in LA. Because I thought, mm. like, you know, like, you know, like, um, people are too chill. Yeah. Too slow. <laughs> and I used to grow up in a Korea and like, you know, in Korea, like they always like they're they are, like always having like something urgent things, you know, like they yeah. acting like like um super fast. And <laughs> when I was when I was like at the art center, like I really loved the vibe of the competitions. I I, I think I really enjoyed like competitive each other's, you know. Um yeah. So that's, I moved back to the New York, but after living, you know, like if you live like six years, like being competitive, always very nervous, always ner- like afraid of some things, always having the mind that you gotta be better than someone, then like it, it, it brings the like, you know, sick. Mm. So do you think it was just anxiety? Uh, Phil was talking about how he, he actually had like a, blackout at a starbucks oh wow uh, from i guess was it like a panic attack or a stress attack or something yeah stress it was a stress mm. and th- stress. did you get like woken up by people like they like helped you up yeah and stuff? Like, yeah 
Wow. Yeah, one of the guys trying to call the ambulance, and I stopped him because, like, you know, it's fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. You were just like running around, like trying to get from one place to another, like get a coffee, yeah. and then, yeah. yeah. I mean, frankly, I think that happens to a lot of people. Actually, I had a similar experience. I think like all the stress in my life was like coming to that moment, and I just like passed out. Damn. It wasn't, uh, you know, and I think like that was a moment where it's like, oh, you kind of have to like listen to your Reg- body and like respond. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what's happening around you? Right. Uh, Crazy. When did that so happen, it... Phil? Five months ago. Around five oh, months wow. ago. In New York. So then you were like, I got to leave. Yeah. yeah. So, right after I got blacked out, like, I decided to move. And I, right away, I started, like, a new house in LA. Mm. And then mm. after a month, I just moved back. Nice. Nice. <laughs> LA. So, what? Is the moral of this story do not go to Starbucks or Yeah. Do not go to Starbucks. Should, after you should go you... to local coffee shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise. Less stress. <laughs> uh nice. Yeah, well, I mean I'm sorry you had to go through that, but that's crazy. Yeah. yeah but yeah, through that experience I realized um a lot of good things. So mm. I think were you working? Yeah. Oh, sorry, not to cut you off. Go on. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, where were you working in New York? Like, and then you just got a new job in LA and all, and just like reorganized? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what What did you say you realized, you were going to say you realized something? Sorry. Yeah. Um, before I got sick, like my goal was you know like just being a like um the great designer good designer and and then after i black out like i was thinking about i was thinking i was thinking like so what is the good designs like my goal was mm-hmm. to abstract it was like a just mm-hmm. kind of trap it was not an exact goal it was something that other people make like you know other people see it on my brain you know like you should be a good designer you should be better than someone right, right. but what is the standard what is the good designs and like what's the point of being a good designer you know like so like i had go through like a lot of thinking that what is the good design and what is the good means to me you know and then i realized that like it's so i look back so and i was trying to search like when I was happy, like when mm-hmm. I feel comfortable, um, when I was laughing, because like back in the New Year, I barely laughed. I was yeah. very um, introvert pe- persons and I didn't talk too much. Um, and then like, like just thinking sort of like those kind of things like by myself. And, right. and then I think like, for me, I think the happiness is coming from the people around me, like people who I care and people who cares me. And that's kind yeah, that's uh, what I found. So people, <laughs> and then even like when I look back to the, you know, like my working process, like, like I said before, like I like the process of persuading people, communicating with people, you know, like workshop people. I think the core, like everything's understand true. I was, nice. 
yeah, definitely. Like when when young designer ask me to make those kind of crazy things, you know, like um, like the first advice that I can give them, uh, I can give them is like uh, do the fundamental things first, mm. you know, like because like like I had a really great mentor when I work at the Wax Studios. Um, mm. Mm. Oh, uh, you were at Wax. I think I saw you there once. Oh, really? <laughs> I came wow. in to like talk to one of the principals like one uh-huh. day, like years and years ago. I like brought my portfolio in and stuff. And I, oh. I remember now I remember. Okay, now. I, that oh, <laughs> what a small <laughs> word. Yeah, you were working there like for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did and not realize that. That's funny. Like, which is my mentor? David Yoon. David Both Yoon. were their mentor, um, but the, I was more close with the David. He, like, Jack was more like my brother, and David, <laughs> he was more like a pro- professor. Yeah. Like, mm. he, had, he had me, like, a lot of lectures because, you know, like, just graduating the school, like, no enough typography and no, like, you know, like, you know, like, right after the school, like, you're nothing, right? So, like, David, um, <laughs> teach me a lot of typography in a very um, deep level and not just the typography and skill, but more like a, like how you got to think and how you bring mm-hmm. the message and how you visualize and then how you make the solid systems, but flexible, you know, like which is the method to make the rule. Um, mm-hmm. So like, was really helpful, helpful, and I was very into those kind of fundamental things. Even like he suggests a lot of books that, like, that's really good, such as like a uh, uh, modern typography by Robin Kilnos. Those kind of books, very like traditional graphic design books. Um, and I read a lot of like history and some rules, and you know, like just a lot of fundamental. And then after I feel comfortable of doing those kind of things. And then I start to think about like uh, new methodology, new way to break mm-hmm. down, new way to mm-hmm. make a rule that based on my ideas and mm-hmm. based on my, um, you know, uh, in for the, in these days, because like most of like a, um, the fundamental thing is really good and I really appreciate like, you know, like Dutch styles and those kind of like European Swiss grid. But to me, I feel like those are for the old, you know, and <laughs> I was think about, I was start to think about then what is the style? Like what is the rule and systems are working for these days? Like we are facing on web 3.0 in these days and like I, I don't want it to just stay in a like a really old style of the graphic designs. So right. that's how I try to figure out like how I can break the typeface and what is the the rule and the function of the typography in these days. I start mm. to think about like those kind of like um the situs and then yeah, develop um I'm still developing, but yeah. Yeah. I'm still developing the way. Can you talk a little bit more about that relationship with David? Like, like, is it something that both you and him kind of acknowledged together? Or is it like you just kind of accepted that he was going to be a mentor? At, at, 
I think he never gave me the solid answer. He always, <laughs> he always questions, and you know the one thing that I just remember is like he always smiling at me, and just questioning <laughs> and then smiling, smiling at me. <laughs> Even I answer um, his questions, he just mm-hmm. said, um, he just said right, right, and then no feedbacks. But <laughs> like keep questionings and like I, and he trying to me having a lot of experience. Like mm. one day, like um, he just invite me to the jazz concert, which mm-hmm. is I've never been before. Mm-hmm. And he, like because I was alone in New York, I had no friends in New York. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, he just um, bring me a lot of um, places, good places, and he introduced me a lot of activities, a lot of cafes, oh, and yeah, yeah. Like I think, like yeah, he, and then yeah, he just makes me like he kind of opened my my eyes. He just mm-hmm. um, expand the room. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can create it in the future, in that mm. time. Mm. I think because like at the, at the same time, like he was like a teacher, he was teaching at the Parsons at yeah. that time. Mm. I think that's like, he, I feel like he kind of treated me as like a student, one of the his, <laughs> like, <laughs> favorite students, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, kind of returning back to this whole like unrefined, brutal type of, graphics um we're just curious like do you think that's reflective of anything that else is like going on in your lifestyle like this this need to break the rules or like i'm also hearing it's like first make it good and then make it weird that kind of attitude um Mm -hmm. i'm just wondering like if you approach life in that same way um i think so like I'm a I'm I'm very flexible. I'm I'm a very mm-hmm. flexible person, and I don't make the right, like specific like a process. It really depends on my purpose and my emotions mm-hmm. of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even the my lifestyles and the environment influence me a lot like sometimes you know like even like a people around you right. around me influence me a lot like even their like a voice um their sounds their smell like a mm-hmm. what kind of perfume they're using it, it always mm-hmm. like everything's kind of influenced me a lot like mm-hmm. recently like when i look back um when i look back when i was in uh, new york like like i think most of the inspiration was coming from the energy of the of the city, the New York mm-hmm. cities, mm-hmm. and like a very busy people. So, right. like if you look at the, my work, most of the work are very messy, like very bored. Like mm-hmm. I was trying to make it very dark and very heavy, um, right. in a some way. But uh, after I moved to the LA, I started using a lot of colors, like and <laughs> then. Yeah, and and then recently I'm like I'm very into the, the handwriting stuff, so I ordered the oil pastel and drawing some letters. And, oh yeah, uh, I love that cool. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really using like a lot of pastels. colors and trying to find another um, 
the methodologies, another way to express, you know, the methods, um, etc. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I think Drew had a question about that that notion of energy. Yeah, um, I was just gonna say like, hmm. Let me let me find this specific question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like the most central aspect of all the work that I've seen of yours is that it it has this like high energy, mm-hmm. almost like alchemic kind of yeah. raw and minimal, but like alive. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's a minimal quality, but that minimal quality almost gets like exploded out and like. Mm-hmm almost like it's like you take kind of like classic ideas and like grenade them or something uh-huh. <laughs> there's like a self-destructive kind of kind right of right thing going on um like can you talk about like that that energy and like this sort of like rebelliousness because it does feel like there's like thing it's like you put things on the page and then you like destroy them all or something like that. <laughs> right um first of all i really love the rawness um I still like doesn't matter where where I'm at. Um, I re- I always love the Ronies and like I'm a very um hardworking people person mm-hmm. or hardworking person. So, but the way that I uh, want to be shown to the people is like effortless. You know, right, like right. I want people just me as a, like a chill, you know, like chill, just fun. <laughs> and I don't want them to look me as like, you know, like you work so hard. I don't I don't like that. So I think it's kind of reflect on my um, the work. Like right. even I stack, you know, like one letters for three hours. I want to make it like look like effortless, but has uh, some sort of solid vibe and energy into it. And, and yeah, I think that's a, everything's coming from those kind of, um, you know, me trying to be uh, effortless, look like an effortless mm. person. Is it about like intuition and like kind of like trust, like trusting yourself? Or is it like that you what you're saying is you spend a ton of time on this stuff and it's like really hard but like you want it to look like it's not or do you want it to yeah. do you want to actually experience it as like effortless as well like is there like a flow state that you're in or are you like no. really like stressed when you're working um kind of both but more like mm. towards like uh right after mm. Uh, me want to be a more like effortless because like right. you know like uh, the sometimes you know just working and making the visual is you know escaping the realities to me mm-hmm. you know like when I have hard time I just work so that you know I cannot um, I don't have to think about that you know mm. deep level like it's, it's right. kind of right. tool to avoid the realities it's kind of funny right. like uh, working for me is like Know, to avoid the realities and mm. through the work like there are tends to be like i think i intend to be to you know make up some things you know like hide some things that my um unconsciousness like weakness and like even like a elusive you know um elusive my weakness or memories right 
Yeah, I'm curious. Like, what do you think you're running from when you work? Oh, that's hard. I think it's very depends. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's really depends on. What I feel right now. Need support now? We love hearing from the design community. Call us at 202-507-9158. Please share your story with us after the tone. We'll do our best to respond on our podcast. Please leave a name or alias, design role, and location. Thank you for your call. in looking at your work that and I think the reason why I'm attracted to it is because it reminds me of some of the times where I've been like excited when I'm working which is like you sort of create a chaos mm -hmm. and then because it's so chaotic like you're you're so sucked into that chaos there's like nothing yeah it's so stimulating and there's so many things happening and like you have to sort of like find a way to make sense out of that chaos and like that right, takes right. so much mental energy and it's like mm -hmm. so fun and like kind of bizarre like it's it's a such a unique experience like it's a kind of chaos that like only you could understand yeah and so i feel like maybe that's kind of what's happening it's like mm -hmm. you you're trying to kind of like escape into the work and the only way to do that is to like create this sort of like world that you have to like mm -hmm. begin to kind of make rules for but it has to be like so many rules and so many different kind of like chaotic yeah. moments uh -huh. that it's like engaging to a, like mm -hmm. completely engaging right like i don't know mm -hmm. i feel like i can sense that yeah yeah, yeah totally uh, i think the good thing to to do your own personally project is like you can fully put your emotions and your egos uh, and your ethos into the work. Right. I think, yeah, that's a, I think like a lot of people likes my personal, the work, <laughs> even <laughs> like um, more than clients work, I guess, because like it yeah. has a more power, more expressions. Right, right. right. And like, and then clients see my personal work and they, yeah, they want to um, bring those kind of vibe 
to their project. It's kind of funny, like, like, yeah. but not too much <laughs> in a client perspective. Um, I'm curious, like, what your relationship to the Korean graphic design scene is, because I know you work back and forth, and like, but like, do you feel like you're an active member of the Korean graphic design scene, or do you um, feel like an outsider? I think I'm an outsider. Like, like people saying I'm a niche designer, but I really don't like being a niche designer. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like, I think the niche, being a niche designer is a good, like, but I don't like to be in a part of the group. You know what I'm saying? Because I, do, I don't want to make a frames. Like, you know, like in Korea scene, I have a lot of, I heard a lot of, um, things from my friends who are not famous and but mm-hmm. who wants to be part of you know in that specific group right and personally i feel like um it it feels too conservative to me i think like mm-hmm. a graphic the like you know the, the already the all of the markets um, and the society is very conservative. So I hope like in a design scene it would be more open, like having right. more like sharing the opportunity to each other, right. you know? Yeah. It's not yeah. like competitive that way for sure. Yeah. When I go back to Korea, they always ask me like, which college you're from and who do you know? Right. Like, right. <laughs> I don't like that kind of question. I, I like, right. I don't know why they're asking me, but I think right. I, but I um, understand because right. um, it's a different cultures. And, right. and I think that's a process that like Korea is growing as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't support like, you know, like those kind of frames. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does seem like, interestingly it's hard to like pin down where you do fit in like when i came across your work i thought oh he's a korean designer this must be like the cutting edge of korean design scene or something like that you know what i mean like i don't i didn't know that you lived in the u.s or i didn't like you know and and it's not very central to like your bio or anything right like it's not like you talk Mm -hmm. about that like in your website or anything i don't know so i I find it interesting it's like you're 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 nowhere and everywhere like you're well it's interesting because like (laughs) i feel like i agree like you know i wouldn't say like you're a niche designer but like i feel like there are some instincts in your work that feel very korean to me like the kind of um, Mm -hmm. composition you do the very like distressed type is very popular amongst korean designers these days like even that those designers that I feel like you fall in line with are kind of like on the periphery of Korean graphic design. Like they're not like mm-hmm. they're not like the mainstream Korean graphic designers. So it's interesting to hear that you're kind of aware of that. So I think this might be a good time to bring up the question. Like uh yes. what experiences or experience from your design career have affected you emotionally or psychologically? Um, so I'm just wondering, like, yeah, what what were your thoughts on that question? Um, the most most memorable event would be the um, my first project at Wax Studio. I was making a scene. Mm-hmm. I thought it was too easy, and 
but I kind of messed up at the first round, and <laughs> through that, but through that project, I got so like I I got so angry by myself. Like, I mm. uh, like that times I realized, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Like, I thought I was doing good <laughs> when I was in school, <laughs> but like, I felt like empty, and I feel a lot of angers, like, like. Lot of negative um, emotions um, by that project, and it's kind of turns me to you know be a humble, to uh, to right. accept, to open, to learn um, something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like emotionally sometimes like the negative like negative emotions and negative like uh, effects um, you know allows me allows you and me allows everyone to improve more so but right. it depends on your um your perspective i think it's always everything that depends on um, depends on the perspective if you look at it right. as a, like the great chance then it it's coming to you as a positive way but if you look mm. up in a negative um perspective it always bring you the disaster right right yeah that's really interesting um Another thing we like to do um, on the podcast is come up with a mantra. And I'm kind of struggling to come up with like a mantra for this one. But um, let's see. Like maybe like work hard but appear effortless or something like that. Or I don't know, like methodology, like conversations lead to methodologies lead to good work or something like that. I don't know. Or yeah, something about conversations or like yeah, definitely. I feel like mm-hmm. that's it's really refreshing actually to hear you talk about that because like, you know, my biggest problem with client work is like it's so competitive and it's like a you know it's just like this argument that's going on. But I feel like you're engaging the client to get to know them, and once you guys get to know each other, it's like yeah, let's bro down and like let's, let's do this. And I think that's a very like good process as opposed to like tricking them into like buying your idea mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's not easy it's really hard but yeah. <laughs> it, it works um yeah i'm like yeah also like i'm arguing a lot at rosewood yeah. right now yeah <laughs> but yeah i will make it happen i'm trying to yeah, make it happen yeah. and they kind of they started to change it themselves yeah so yeah but yeah uh Still, do you have anything you want to shout out before we take off here? A little, little smile flower shout out or? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, smile flower, my team members, um, uh, AJ from Pentagram and uh, Unji project manager, Sungi, my um, project manager, and Leah, she's interning right now or my uh, family. <laughs> cool, Sweet. Cool, cool. So, yeah, Phil, it was great having you on again. Uh, thanks for making the time. Yeah, um, thanks so much. This has been awesome. Yeah.